0: What's up y'all we got cast Talk wednesday in here it's november 25th which tb is the, the start of college basketball it's not weird at all <laughs> man this what's gonna happen is
1: we're gonna look back you know uh, when they do on this date in history it's all gonna be it's all gonna be messed up like you know 10 to 15 years from now we're gonna look you know, October, whatever it was, the Lakers won the championship. You know, <laughs> it's just gonna be completely, uh, completely askew, but we got here. I don't know how long we're gonna go. man, Because, you know, this school fill in the blank is having to pull out because of uh, COVID uh, thing. so. Uh, but yeah. the bottom line is this, right? The NCAA has to have a 2021 tournament. The, the NCAA cannot miss two NCAA tournaments back to back. Like that can't be the way this goes down. They have to have it because since uh, NCAA doesn't have anything to do with football, right? All the money comes from basketball. That's that's where all the money comes from is the men's basketball tournament. So my confusion is with the with the NCAA with basketball is. They were the first ones hit, but they had the most lead-up time to start in their season. Right, so they could look at what uh, football did, what the NBA did, what MLB did. They could look at all those things, figure out what was and wasn't going to work, and go from there. And it didn't look. It doesn't look like they did that. You know, I, I understand basketball. There's more teams, and a lot of those mid-major teams use those buy-in games to fund their athletic department. And you want to throw those guys a bone. I understand that. But by the same token, having teams crisscross the country traveling to play just doesn't look like it's going to work. Uh, there's just, I, I always thought, it should have been an expanded, like with SEC did with football, an expanded conference season. Mm -hmm. Because number one, your conference, for the most part, you're in the same geographical footprint. Now I know West Virginia's in the big 12 and all that, but for the most part, these teams are kind of close. You take some of the TV money, like if you're the SEC, you take that money and you make sure everybody's got the same protocols. That's the, that's the biggest issue. Kentucky, you know, Coach Cal and those guys, they can get tested every day. You know, they can get tested three, three or four times a day with whatever the top of the line testing is going to be. Um, the challenge is like uh, Moorhead State. Can they do that testing like that? So uh, it's, just, it's, it's just crazy how we're trying to do things because if you look, Louisville, Kentucky, are not covered by the same guidelines between the SEC and ACC. Mm-hmm. 70 miles apart, different, completely different rules. Uh, you look at Iowa. Iowa. Iowa State, they're about 75, 80 miles apart. Completely different rules. You know, Iowa didn't they know they are going to play football until a few weeks ago. So, uh, the problem with NCAA, there's just no set structure to make sure things get done how they're supposed to get done and i just can't believe we here we are november 25th and it's still uh like i tweeted uh, yesterday it's like a pickup game you know you see coaches on uh social media say hey hey we gotta we gotta open it so it's like you and your boys like okay who over who who up at the park yes. oh arizona word okay okay well I'm gonna I'm bring I'm gonna bring the Bruins on through I mean that's 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 what it's come to and you're gonna have teams barnstorming uh, I saw where Cal said you know they're not gonna fly in before games they're gonna come in the day of to cut out the the hotels I, I think you'll see more teams do that more teams take a bus where you can control a lot of that kind of stuff it's it's going to be a very weird season like we've seen across the board, everywhere. But uh, whatever it takes, the NCAA has to have a 2021 season. If it's March, April, May, they gotta have it. They gotta find a way to get 64 teams. If it's in Indy, if it's in wherever, they, got, they gotta they got have it. Mm-hmm. But, and one last thing, the thing is, with the NCAA, see, the Super Bowl is gonna do numbers because it's a Super Bowl, right? The NBA Finals, you know, if your Lakers are in, you know, you know, I'm saying your Lakers, if the Lakers are in it, or if Boston's in it, you know, the numbers go up a little bit. But some of those sporting events, they're going to do numbers regardless. But what happens with the NCAA tournament? Was it a was it two years ago or three years ago? Kentucky went out early, Duke went out early, Carolina went out early, you know. It was the first elite eight without one of those named programs in forever. And the numbers went down. You know, you remember when UConn played uh, uh, Butler in the championship game, nobody watched it. That's the thing about college sports is you it's that name recognition. So if you end up with a season where one of your 64 teams, if Kentucky is out because of COVID, If Duke is out because of COVID, if Kansas and your name programs are out, who's gonna watch Iowa State take on Arizona State? You know, who's gonna watch Creighton you know, take on Mississippi State? Like, so I just would've thought that the powers that be in college basketball would have been a lot more, look, we gotta get this done and we have to make sure, yeah, Cinderella's nice, but we gotta get some name people in there as well, so. I'm just still just shocked that the 25th of November and it's just kind of, hey, we'll figure it out,
0: <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> uh huh. And Kentucky and Moorhead are seven minutes and change left. 24-11 Kentucky. Um, got the cardboard cutouts in Ruck Cal with a mask. Uh, seats just scattered throughout, like you said. Just that little pickup open gym, run type look to Rupp Arena. And and that's the problem is I think uh,
1: man, I've done round of shots and so many things. I think we we did the locker. We talked about how the NBA being in the bubble they were able to tailor it for TV. Right? Mm -hmm. But when you've got 3,000 people in Rupp Arena and, and they're all spread out it's going to look bad. Like just look around the court. It just it looks cavernous like i can't imagine the difference between you know even though you and i go to the games and we get there early it still seats, it's still stuff right there by the sidelines mm-hmm. And seeing rup arena and you're gonna see you know my goodness think about the carrier dome <laughs> you know uh i've seen clips of the yum center you know these bigger college arenas uh it's just gonna look really weird mm-hmm. so um but you have to be more stringent because it, the games are indoors.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. So we are we running the Audible tonight. You know, Anchor was having some technical difficulties. We're on here zooming and, and then we'll still get it posted to Anchor later on, but we just couldn't do normal recording on Anchor. Anyway, we'll we'll have it up and y'all check it out once we're done. We got a, a link to send out. We got a couple guests, we're gonna have a Kentucky women's basketball flavor. We got Shelby Valley Lady Cats flavor because we're gonna have some guests. I gotta get the Zoom invite sent to them. We got Lonnie Rowe, the head coach of the Shelby Valley Lady Cats. His daughter, Cassidy Rowe, is a combo guard, point guard, shooting guard for Shelby Valley, and she is committed to. Uh, the Kentucky women's team she's in class of 2022 so they're gonna be on with us as soon as I send the link out we just had to get on and and chat it up a little bit first and of course the Kentucky women opened their season a little bit earlier this afternoon against uh, Murray State so we'll talk with them about that talk about Cassidy's journey coach Rowe's journey Uh, Coach Mitchell, Coach Elsie, a lot of Kentucky women's basketball flavor, which we like to try to hit everything anyway, but we're really going to dive into it with with Coach Lonnie and Cassidy Rowe from Shelby Valley over in Pike County, hopping the jump from where I grew up in the mountains. And uh, so we're looking forward to seeing her when she becomes a wildcat as well. But uh, appreciate you hopping on here with this. Look, this is 2020 episode. We in- you got to be flexible, <laughs> baby. <laughs> and and you know, that's the funny thing. I tell you know when we're just audio only,
1: I'm I'm walking all over. I'm walking around. I'm all over. You said, "Hey, I'm gonna do Zoom." I said, "Well, man, I got to make sure I got a clean sweatshirt on. I got." <laughs> I said, "Let me let me get to my actual desk and sit up and get my lighting right. You know, because usually I'm all over the place. But uh, sure. hey, if, if 2020 doesn't teach us anything else, is you got to be flexible." Mm-hmm. and just whatever your job your family whatever kind of what normal used to be and hey, you got to just roll with it you know I, I i had lunch with my my girls today and just talk about how flexible they got to be with school you know doing turning projects and doing things a whole lot differently uh that's the name of the game is flexibility so Great. absolutely uh not a problem at all. Just had
0: to make sure I'm clean. Yeah, that's, it. <laughs> that's what you do. And and you already know, being on auto, because you're on, look, you're a regular on round of shots. We were on the locker. Antonio um, and, and Del and I do believe in Kentucky. We do that on Zoom. So uh, you know, you keep your you keep your little stack of stuff to pop on. Yeah. To get, get camera ready. <laughs> Gotta get camera ready. <laughs> Walking around with. It. You know, pajama shorts on the bottom and whatever hood, and then you know the, the wife and kids. Oh, oh, you got to, you about to hop on the show, ain't you? Yep, that's right, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's what happens, man. That's it. So, uh Keon Brooks is out tonight, and of course, TB is everybody and BBN knows, he's the only veteran presence in Cal system that was coming back. Now, Star and Mints played for a. Wake Forest and Creighton, respectively. So they, they've they been around the college basketball block. But Keon was the only uh, experienced guy in Cal system. And he's still going to be out. I heard Cal say in the pregame, I think, with Tom Leach. Not going to be out another week or so. So nobody taking the floor tonight had played. And we're always young. But nobody had played for Cal before this game tipped off tonight. You know, and I think –
1: if you can look at this year as being a positive I think the lack of fans uh, kind of changes things a little bit because when you talk to former UK players uh, when they go on the road or go somewhere even at playing at home uh, it can get overwhelming playing in front of a crowd so and that's part of uh, the, the Kentucky mystique so I, I think Kind of having it a wide open a little bit will help those guys out, even though the sight lines are going to be bad with wide open uh, rep arena.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, getting some experience for everybody. Uh, lineup changes. We, I mean, combinations and guys just getting their feet wet. Was well, so last week they just did a walkthrough of how to do game day stuff because not. I mean, the 2020 normal game day isn't even going to be the same, and you got to bunch of freshmen that haven't even been there before have been through any of it. So it's all the little detail stuff that you don't even think about, they're trying to make sure all those bases are covered this year. Yeah, they're trying to learn on the fly. So uh, what I've
1: been saying uh, for all college athletes, and particularly athletes in general, uh, athletes are so routine oriented. I think we talked about this when everything started shutting down is, you know, you look at baseball, If you're a starting pitcher, you know, for your Braves, you know, March 12th, I'm doing X, October, you know, and and throwing that all out of whack uh, affects everybody, especially, uh, you know, when you're making that next leap up. I'm surprised how many NFL rookies have done well, you know, Uh, with the shortened uh, uh, training camps and that kind of thing. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see with the NBA season. Just had the draft, you know, and in less than a month they're playing real games. Yeah, draft like, I don't, I don't, boom, here we go. I don't know how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, all the guys that got drafted, uh, particularly uh, Tyrese Maxey, who I think is going to fit in well in Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, because he can turn and get downhill. And I was saying to my buddies, I said if he can kind of work with Embiid. Like he was working with uh, Nick Richards last year. You know, that little curl into the lane, let him get into the lane and get it up to MB, that's, that's great. And somebody might say, well, that doesn't necessarily translate. Well, I'm old enough to remember when Tayshaun Prince had that little back down game he had at Kentucky, went to the Pistons, and by December of that year, they, they had that play called for him. Yeah. So you can you can do some things in college, and then you can translate that to the NBA. But doing that within a month, I don't I don't know uh, how that's going to work. Uh, and like I've been saying, what we're seeing now is just like throwing a rock into a pond. It's gonna it's gonna radiate out. That's so uh, it, it's gonna be four or five six years down the road before we kind of see things be quote unquote normal again because you're either going to have to shrink in an offseason like we're seeing in the NBA or you're going to have to lengthen it if you want to get back on a regular kind of schedule. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. 35-21 Kentucky three minutes and change left in the first half and I guess Lonnie and Cassidy Rowe will be on with us in just a little bit. Um, maybe just got a three. Is that is that Dante Allen? Yeah which, you know, shooting is always the concern. Mintz has, looks like, proven to be a shooter. Allen, his reputation is a straight up shooter, and that's how he's, you know, gonna earn his time. And good to see him, good to see him on the court, first of all, after not being able to finish his senior year due to a knee injury, and then rehabbing that, gets in a car accident, so he was set back so much last year, didn't see any time. Thought about throwing him out there towards the end of last year, like you know Tennessee or Florida, but it didn't. And now he's out there, and and popping a shot. So that is great. Kentucky kid, I mean you know, and so just like Michael Motor. you want to see him just just hit shots. Good to see Dante out there getting getting his feet wet and hitting a shot. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh,
1: and, and what's going to happen? The team. However this season goes, and I'm going to cut a lot of, I'm going to cut these kids some slack, Mm -hmm. but it's going to, this is year 12, right? There are going to be some lapses. There are going to be some, some brain farts. There's going to be some bumps along the road, Mm -hmm. but hopefully fingers crossed, we get to that 2021 tournament and and the cats are going to be in the mix. Same thing happens every year, except the one where the best player got his knee hurt. So, uh, I, I just I am beyond worried about uh, uh, you know. Ask you, Mister Layup earlier. <laughs> I, you know I, I can't get I can't get worked up about it mm-hmm. because I know at the end the cats are going to be there.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the best player in 2013, he is now a member of the Knicks and a lot of UK flavor on the Knicks now. KP uh, Nerlens Randall, not quickly. Yeah. Yeah. the owner is a buffoon, but it's a lot of UK flavor up there. I mean, and, and, and Oklahoma City too, they got
1: they got Darius Miller, they got uh, yeah Shea. They got I, you know it, it, we joked about it, but it's gonna be hard to watch any NBA contest and not see a Kentucky guy out there.
0: That's it. Like we got our guests in the waiting room now. So we'll go ahead. And bring them on in here with us. Now we got get the audio. You know, you gotta get look at the audio get right on these Zoom sessions. We got Coach Lonnie Rowe and Cassidy Rowe coming to us from Shelby Valley Pike County. The Lady Cats are in here on this Zoom. Appreciate y'all adjusting to our anchor craziness and hopping on with us. How y'all doing?
2: Doing well. I'm glad you had us on.
0: Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all doing it. Um, we were getting ready to do like we normally do. You know, we, we get the stuff ready to get it. And then it wasn't connecting to the Wi-Fi. I just bought a brand new router and I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, what is going on? And couldn't connect, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. And then I checked Anchor's tweet and like six hours ago, they said their servers are down. And so it's, you know, it's all shut down. So sent you the email about seeing if y'all want to do the Zoom and appreciate y'all. You know yeah no problem at all benny so man how are y'all doing man just tell us a little about yourselves i know y'all have both followed our little show on twitter for a while cassidy you followed us coach you followed us and we appreciate it so just tell us about yourself we might be like all over the place with the questions might have to get y'all on again because we got so many questions but just tell us about yourselves.
2: well my name's uh lonnie Rowe. i coach silver valley high school girls and uh I've been the head coach this my third year but I've been coaching in the Shelby Valley area uh middle school and whatever for the past I don't know 23 years um I I keep up with your show and I keep keep up just about anything in Kentucky
0: that's it that's it so was you born and raised in Pike County yes okay yes,
2: I was born and raised in Pike County uh like I said I've coached at Shelby Valley my entire life I'm one of the guys that Very few are left. Me and my brother both have coached their entire life. Had chances to leave, go to other schools, but you know, we take a lot of pride in our community.
0: I'm born and raised just a hop and a jump down for y'all. I'm from Harlan County, from over in Lynch. Went to Cumberland High School, back before it was Harlan County, which is what it is now, where they consolidated. Terry's our city guy. He's, he's from he's the big Louisville guy. So he's the big city slicker here amongst us. Oh, We won't hold that against you. <laughs> oh, but, oh, but I'm cats all the way now. I'm cats yeah. all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you're home so, with
2: Blair Green, huh?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I was definitely going to ask y'all about her because I was going to ask you, Cassie because you know, we had Macy just finished a few years ago, and now Blair is there you'll be there soon so what you how you feel about you know Eastern Kentucky kids going and playing for the Cats and you've seen a couple go before you
3: yeah it's just amazing it's honestly a a blessing just to be in the same sentence as those girls because they're just they're really amazing players and just to be able to go and play for Kentucky in a couple years it's really amazing
0: yeah and I was watching the clips of you and, and look, tell us what's it like playing as, as a fifth grader playing against the eighth graders, was it even a challenge or were you just like, <laughs> let me go out here and do it? What, what was that like for you?
3: I mean, it was amazing just, I mean, I had so many people where I was so young, they would say I shouldn't be out there and all that stuff, but like, it was really just motivation for me being so young to play with older girls. And I think it really got me to the point I am today, just that competition. Just playing up always—that's really helped me.
0: Yeah. Now, what's the what's the father-daughter coach-player dynamic like? I know that's always, you know. A, a, we a, have a
2: good, we have a really good relationship. Uh, you know, there's times when uh, you know we might not see eye to eye, but you know, uh, during a game, we listen to each other quite a bit. You know, she's in the trenches. I listen to my players. You know, a lot of coaches are cut and dry with it. Uh, I, I, I get input from all my players because, you know, the other kids out there battling the fight and seeing what's going on, and they can see things I can't see. And on the flip side, they do the same for me. Anything I tell them to do, they understand, you know, uh, I'm doing it for the best interest of the team. They listen.
0: What's your 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 philosophy, Coach, or your style of play offensively and defensively from Shelby Valley or
2: do you? Well, we have to adjust, you know, because when you're a high school coach, uh, from year to year, you're gonna have different kids, and you know you have to just accordingly. Uh, uh, my first year, uh, you know, we we played a slowdown game because you know Cassidy was hurt. Uh, we didn't have very much experience. We tried to shorten the game as much as we could. We instead of using a press to turn people over, we would use it to shorten the game. You know, make them walk the ball the floor a little bit and take advantage of it. Now the past season, I got Cassidy about 60 percent healthy, and we started playing a little bit more up tempo. And uh, this season we look with Cass being healthy. We're going to be complete up tempo. We're going to press. We're going to run.
0: That's cool. TV man, jump in anytime. You know how I be. I get the yak. Oh yeah. Are you good? You good? Got questions? Hop on in here too. I um, was oh, speaking too What Was I going to say? Um, oh, sorry. I guess about that. As far as. Uh, where you are now. I mean, you can speak as little as much about the injuries you had to overcome to get where you are. When did they happen? How did they happen? Same knee, different knee, back to back. Tell us about the bumps in the roads along the way as, y- as y'all have been on this journey.
3: Well, I was in Chicago back in, was it July 2018? Yep. July 2018, and I just, I made a move and I felt sharp pain through my right leg. And I didn't think it was anything at first, but ended up being torn ACL. And just that was really hard for me, but it was just a few days later, Kentucky called me and they offered me. And that really is what got me motivated to get back on the court, just that they still believed in me after an injury like that. And then it was June 2019 when I tore my left one and that one was a little harder because I tore my ACL and my meniscus and that was harder to come back from just because um, you could I couldn't put weight on it for six weeks and just having two injuries before I even really got to play a high school season, that was just, it was really hard for me but I really feel like I'm back to 100% now, and I've been working every day to build up strength. I'm really excited for this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, and and you, you mentioned how they, UK called right after you got hurt. What was the first the first interaction you had with UK? Was it a letter? Was it a phone call? Was it a, a assistant coach showing up for a game? What was the first inkling that you had that UK was interested?
3: Well, i went on I went on when was my first visit um
2: 2018
3: before then right yeah. before I got yeah, was- hurt I went on a visit and you know I went on campus and looked at everything and while I was in Chicago Matthew Mitchell was actually he had actually watched uh two or three of my games while I was down there and so i knew they were kind of interested but when they offered me i just it was crazy because that was my first day one well not first day one offer but just my first power five offer and that was just crazy to me because i didn't think because i was so young and just coming back from an injury like that i didn't think they would but it really raised my spirits
0: so when you got the offer did you just shut it down would you just or were you still open to others or were you like hey that's, i'm good <laughs>
3: Um, it, probably for a couple weeks, I, I mean, I've never really wanted to leave very far. I wanted to stay close to home and, you know, there's not that many options close to Eastern Kentucky, but, um, just after talking about it with my family, um, a couple weeks later, I just decided that's where I wanted to go. Just because I just loved the coaching staff. They treated me like I was already on the team. And it really wasn't a hard decision at all.
2: Yeah, she shut it down. Once once she committed, uh, she shut it down. I mean, uh, we had several schools, uh, several uh, Power 5 golfers, you know, or Power 5 conferences, teams from there, contact us, you know, me in particular, and, uh, you know, wanted to know was she still available even though she committed? And, uh, you know, after I would talk to them, I would talk to Cass, and I'd say, here's the scenario, and she'd say, tell them I'm committed to the University of Kentucky, and it's going to be like that until I go. Mm-hmm.
0: So what was y'all's experience? You you reached out to me, Coach, after uh, Matthew Mitchell had decided to retire. Yeah. wrote an article, a little write-up about it, and we kind of was corresponded back and forth and, and messaged one another. What was you all's experience like with him just as you know, coach to parent, potential player to coach, just in your dealings with him throughout the entire recruiting process?
2: Well, for me, it was what you saw with Coach Mitchell was what, what you get when you meet him in person. I mean, he was just a great person. Uh, he was, you could tell he was sincere when he talked to a kid. Because we would attend practice, too. And how he talked to Cass was how he talked to the other players. So, uh, for me, that, that meant a lot because, you know, I'm sure there's coaches that put on a show in order to get a recruit. Uh, I was impressed how he did put on a show. He was Matthew Mitchell to me. He was Matthew Mitchell to the team. And outside of we, we went to a tailgate party one time, and he was he was Matthew, same Matthew Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed with him. Mm-hmm. How about you,
3: Cass? I mean, I'll really forever be thankful for him. I mean, he changed my life just giving me that offer. Like, it's untelling uh, what my life would be like today if he would have never showed interest in me. And he's always just been so supportive and so encouraging. And I'll just forever be thankful for that.
0: What did you all think of the game today? uh, They opened up with a 26-point win over Murray at home y'all get to check it
2: out and what was your those observations yeah i was uh i was highly impressed with uh, coach elzy she you know coach elzy is very close to being cast because she's actually the one that recruited Cass. uh you know we appreciate coach mitchell but most of the talking and the recruiting process went through uh, coach elzy so yeah I, I was very excited to see her first day uh, as a head coach and i'll be honest i was highly impressed not what happened on the court but what off the court you know she suspended her her best player probably the best player in america
4: mm-hmm. and
2: for her to hold, hold her accountable for her actions even though she's that good you know that impresses me yeah. Yeah, so
0: that's, that's that kind of sends a message to everybody else right you know kind of like popovich used to yell at tim duncan that meant nobody else could you know skirt the rules either Kind of the same thing with Coach Elsie if, if she's trying you know, yes. that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um man, who else? Um, I'm trying got my little questions wrote down trying to think of what I <laughs> y'all. <laughs> um, well
1: well coach and, and Cassie, one question I have is a few years ago the team was kind of the program was kind of I don't want to say struggling, but was trying to recover after a dip period. But now here we are with probably the number one player in the country, at least an All-American, and number 11 in the country. Now it's a program that's looking to challenge the Yukons and the South Carolinas. Has that changed your mindset where you know it's a Power 5 school, it's the state school, but now you have an opportunity to to be a part of something, you know, to get to a, a Final Four and to win an SEC championship?
2: Uh, Oh, without a doubt, you know, me and Cass have talked, uh, you know, we discussed this. You know, the kids get another year this year of eligibility, basically. So, when Cass is a freshman, there's that chance. You know, she'll get to play with Ryan Howard and some of those girls. And I told her, I said, who knows, you might be on that bench when uh, they make it to the Final Four. And, you know, that's something special at University of Kentucky because they have not been there.
4: Mm
3: hmm I mean, it's – they've really – continue to build the program ever since um, I've been committed and it's truly just amazing. Like they're really fun to watch. And um, I'm just I'm really looking forward to being a part of the team and I'm really hoping we can make it to the final four. That'd be that'd be awesome.
1: We we can do that UConn double dip, right? Both teams in the final four. I think the BBN would like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. without a
0: doubt. Sure would. I gotta flip back to you, coach. As a player, what, what was the scouting report on Lonnie Rowe when he was coming up? What, what was your game like <laughs> as a player before you got into coach coaching?
2: Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I was undersized. <laughs> uh, my dad, you know, he, he taught, taught me a lot uh, when I was growing up. And, and I'll be honest, with you, I get a lot of my coaching uh, from things he taught me. He always said there's only one way to play, and that's the right way. So I was the type of kid, I was gonna play my tail off, I was gonna defend, I was gonna make the extra pass. Whatever it meant to uh, first win a ball game is what I, I was taught to do by my dad.
0: Yeah, you know, man, you can't go wrong with that, man. Sure, you gotta have that. Just as much as, you know, the, the flair, of the superstar, you gotta have the glue and the, do it the right way and scrap and claw and do the dirty work Type You gotta have
2: that. Exactly. You
0: so know. Now in the in the fifteenth region where you guys are, who who is the the chief rival for Shelby Valley? Who gets up for y'all the most? Uh, I mean, everybody wants to beat everybody, but who's who's really wanting to try to get at y'all and, and knock y'all off when when it's time to tip it off?
3: Definitely bull. <laughs> Definitely, that's been our rivals for as long as I can remember.
2: Ray. Yeah, we're, yeah, they've won back-to-back region. Uh, the first year they were the best team in the region. Uh, like I said, I didn't have calves. Uh, uh, there's some other kids that got hurt in the region, so it opened up for them. But they were the best team. Uh, last year they got us by one point. We actually had a play set up at the end. We uh, got a pass underneath the basket and dropped the ball to win it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, but uh, we did last year. Uh, Wendy Ollie. Uh, region. We beat them uh, 17. Then we won the district and beat them in the finals of the district. So they're in our district also. But uh, yeah, we're the big rivals. uh, Us and But Now there's there's a lot of good teams that get up for us and we get up for them also. I mean, you take a Floyd Central, Johnson Central, uh, a Lawrence County, uh, you know, they came into our region from uh, the 16th region several years back and uh, uh, they're starting to come on to be a really good program.
0: What's What's Coach Rose's demeanor like on the sideline? Are you are you calm and chill? Are you animated? Are you are you moving up and down and stomping your foot? What's what's well, your uh, disposition? I am
2: always moving. I don't I do not sit. They don't even leave me a chair on the bench to sit. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I have before I was always kind of wild. You know, I was yelling and screaming. Uh, over the years, I've calmed down a lot uh, because I've seen my kids react how I react. And, you know, if I stay calm and focused, it seems like they do also. And, you know, it took me years to figure that out. But, you know, even as old as I am now, I'm still learning. And I will continue to learn until I I give it up. (laughs)
0: Now, you say that don't leave you a chair and you move a lot. You're not all sweating up your clothes like Bruce Pearl, are you?
2: No, 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 Bruce Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it Sean would, that Sean Miller, the ghost? I was doing that. I might sit back and uh, get, try something else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. I was like, I was just checking. I was just checking. Coach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: Cassidy and, and you too, Coach. But Cassidy first. What, um, what part of your game? is the hardest for you to keep sharp and if you work at everything and be good at everything what part of your game is the hardest to keep sharp and what comes the easiest to you that's the most natural for you that this you know you don't have to work as hard to stay sharp
3: well i would say my court vision and passing ability would probably that comes easiest to me it's probably most natural for me um but especially coming off of two injuries like ACL tears, um, defense is um, not my not my best strength <laughs> right now. I mean, I'm working on it and I've gotten better at it, but just um, when I had two knee braces on, just trying to keep people in front of me, that was, it was really hard for me. And I've really had to work on that, but I feel like I've really improved.
0: Yeah. And what about you, you feel the same? You concur, coach?
2: Yeah. Well, Cassie's IQ and perhaps eyesight ability or vision uh, has been something that has been special since she was small. She was she was always the kid that enjoyed seeing another kid score, so she would get creative on finding ways to get the basketball to kids, and it's it's just something she's been blessed with. You know, the good Lord above has taken taking care of her over the years, and he's blessed her with good court vision and uh, you know. Uh, You'll see, if you get a watch her this year, you'll see her uh, her passing ability is second to none. Uh, and she's right with the defense. You know, last year, uh, with her IQ, I understood she was a great health defender. She could not defend one-on-one last year. I mean, because of the knee braces, the lateral movement, she just couldn't. So it was my job to figure out where to put her uh, when, we, when we did her scouting. Where can I put her so she can be a good health defender? And I don't have to worry about regard the ball so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, she led the team in steals in postseason. Wow! She uh, because she was in help division, help help position at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, she let the team in charges taken because she was in help division position. And you know, but she's gotten better over it. You know, I, I saw her go from last year to not being able to guard much of anybody come ball to now. Uh, She's back to being that defender she once was. You know, she's a smart defender. She's going to get low. She's going to keep you in front of
0: her. And uh, she's gotten better. All right. I'm not trying to, you know, wish this year away, next year away, or your career at Shelby Valley away at all. But when the time comes to move on to U.K., how are you going to watch Cass play, coach? Are you going to watch as a dad? You're going to watch as a coach? You're going to bounce back between one to the other? How are you going <laughs> to watch question. her play for somebody
2: else when she moves on? Well, I'm going to watch as a dad. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy it. You know, uh, I coached her pretty much her whole life through school here. But, you know, when she played AAU, uh, she played Take Kentucky Premier, which is a great program. And I started out, they asked me to coach, and I coached her a couple of years in AAU. And then uh, I sat down with her one day, and I sat down with Coach Tap, and I said, she needs to play for someone else. I said, I need to enjoy this. She needs to learn to play for somebody else. So from that point on, she, she actually played for uh, Coach Can, played a little bit for Coach be played for uh, several different coaches. And uh, it really helped her, and it helped me too, because I could sit back and smile a little bit without any pressure. <laughs>
0: And did you transition pretty easy to playing for those other coaches too, Cassidy, just to kind of both of y'all separate for a little bit?
3: Yeah, I thought it was definitely good for me to play under other coaches, Um, especially my seventh and eighth grade year when I was playing up on the high school team. My uncle was actually my coach. And, um, you know, we didn't always agree on stuff. And uh, I think it was good for me to have someone that, uh, didn't really, I don't know, like, I don't know. We didn't just, have the same philosophy. Yeah. It was just a learning experience for me.
2: Yeah, he when she played for him in seventh, eighth grade, he was, he had several several seniors. And with her coming in, uh, it was very tough because, you know, a lot of times seniors don't like to accept that young kid. Yeah. So his philosophy was to take tasks. And make her that sixth man, and she accepted. I mean, she she thrived in it. And uh, but his his other philosophy was uh, he was very he kept everybody under his thumb, so to speak. You know, he, he's an old school coach. We're going to run this set. We're going to run this set. You know, there's not going to be no ad living. And you know, <laughs> a lot of her games, are based on you know, uh, creating. And uh, it, it took her a while to adjust to him because she would go out and she tried to create, and he would call her over and jump her real good and say, "We're, we're running this set." <laughs> and so it took her a while uh, to adjust, but uh, she did. After you know she got got adjusted to it, she performed really well. I mean, her eighth grade she, she had uh, an all-state type season. That's awesome.
0: And Cass, who, male or female, who's your favorite players to watch? Who you kind of how did your game BAFTER or, or tried to kind of add pieces of their game into your game?
3: Well, when I was younger, um, my, my role model, my favorite player, I always enjoyed watching her was Shoni Schimmel. And uh, she played at the University of Louisville and just, she was, she had amazing court vision and she was a crazy shooter. She would shoot it from way behind the line. And I loved watching her when I was younger, um, but my favorite, um, NBA players is definitely Steph Curry just because he can shoot it from wherever he wants to yeah.
0: and you know kind of listening to you Clay's kind of going through that I mean he didn't have like a full year between, but you know he just got off of one injury and there he is having to deal with another one and, and going to be out basically two straight seasons
3: yeah,
2: I hate that. Yeah, it, it's not looking good for play. I mean, we, he went through the ACL, and, you know, he gets the best work he can get, you know, the best doctors and all that. But then to come back and have the type of injury he had, it's going to be even harder for him because, you know, that's totally two different injuries. So, his body's got to adjust in two different ways. Mm, yeah. And Absolutely. It,
0: his game was all about moving and running and without the ball, too. So he Yeah, coming off
2: screens, I mean – and that's going to be really hard, you know. It's hard enough to you, when you got the ball in your hands to come off that. But if you're relying on somebody else and you do all the running and setting people up, uh, that makes it pretty tough.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah, what was that game? He had like 30-something points and
0: took five dribbles or something like that?
1: Yeah, like, I mean, that, that, that,
2: that's that, crazy. That's, I, that's beautiful. That's I read it. I couldn't
3: believe it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's – like for us older people, you know, Cass, because we are older, all three of us <laughs> – He's, he's a throwback to, you know, with Reggie Miller and Rip Hamilton just and, – and even before that, Havlicek just run you to death. Yeah, Hondo. Minutes, you know. And the guys, whoever had to check them, I mean, you're, you're going to be worn out at the end of the game.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think Cass would be able to guard him right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's it looking like with the KHSAA? Is everything shut down now? But what's what's the status of the way the season's going to look? And they're trying to keep everybody safe. Know that y'all everybody's wanting to play? And it's just what's the situation with with how it's looking right now?
2: Well, you know, we, they pushed it back to January fourth. You know, we're we're actually can't have a team practice right now until we can start back January or uh, December fourteenth. I'll be honest with you; it's not looking good. Um, it wouldn't shock me to see him push it back again. You know, with the numbers going up every single day, and uh, you know, I hate I hate for that because you know we really want to play, but at the same time, I want to keep my kids safe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. This is just a weird time. We're talking about it before you guys came on, and, and basically talk about it in some form or fashion for who to know for the last however many weeks because this thing has just been since March the whole world's changed but uh, the safety like you said uh, keeping all the lady cats safe is the number one priority for sure. Yeah it's
2: been really tough you know for schedule and also you know we started out playing in Greenville Tennessee which is one of the best tournaments on the East Coast that's that's Cassidy actually played against Ryan Howard down there in high school and so we had they wouldn't let you go out of town you know, out of state in place, so we had to cancel that. We we're supposed to play in the election Catholic tournament, uh, you know, it's no longer available, so we've had to do some creative things, uh, as far as scheduling. But now, yesterday, or actually last night, uh, I scheduled uh, uh, the number one preseason team in Kentucky at Bethlehem. Uh, I scheduled them, we got them January 23rd. So, uh, like I tell everybody, we don't back down from nobody. I'm not saying we're going to beat everybody, but you know.
0: You play, play better competition, you get better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, we can't thank y'all enough for, for taking time out of your evening to hop on with us. Absolutely. To hop on the Zoom because Anchor wasn't working and, and we enjoyed every <laughs> minute of it. And hopefully you can be able to play safely soon. And hopefully, maybe we can get y'all again uh, to, to hop on and talk with us again sometime. We'd love to have you back.
2: Anytime. Anytime. Absolutely. We appreciate y'all having us. It, it means a lot to us, you know, uh, big blue fans, both sides. So we'll do it we'll help you any way we can.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you all so much. Yeah.
2: We well, appreciate it. Thank you. I thank you. A,
0: take care, Coach and Cass. See ya. Ronnie Rowe and Cassidy Rowe. Shelby Valley was in the building. She'll be playing for Coach Elsie in a couple years. So be watching the whole BBN. will be able to see what Shelby Valley's been rolling out on the court for the past several years. Because, I mean, she's been playing up for years. Eighth grade, seventh grade, playing against the hot coolers and holding her own. So cool father-daughter combo, Coach Rowe and Cassidy Rowe. And, And
1: that's always my question is, you know you, you see as your kids get a little bit older taking off the coach hat you know putting on the dad hat uh, i coached big miss she played basketball for two years and uh, i got a lot of respect for those coaches and their kids uh, because it's hard it, it it it's hard when you're even i mean this was not at a high level let me be clear it's the ymca but still you end up talking about the game at the dinner table, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember, I think it was was Donna Smith maybe that that basically had to say with Gigi and Saul. Look, no, we're we're not, <laughs> you know. You know, here's where you can talk about. it, Here's where you can't. So it's a it's a it's a difficult dynamic for everybody uh, involved. So uh, I can imagine that, that the coach is ready just to just to have the dad hat on.
0: What kind of <clears throat> coach was uh, Terry Brown man? What, what, what was your sideline demeanor with, with, with Little Miss? Were you were you just Tony Dungy, or, or was you young John Calipari? Uh, no, I'm, I'm
1: animated. Uh, <laughs> you know, with the girls, they play all these, you know, they're playing uh, lacrosse and field hockey and everything now. They used to play soccer and basketball. Uh, I was like, Coach, I, I never sat down. You know, we stopped bringing a chair for me, when Big Miss was three, because I'm just I'm 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 walking, I'm moving, I'm yelling encouraging words. You know I'm you know I'm not I'm not yelling at the officers or anything like that. But I you know uh, they will hear my voice. So it's going to be interesting with with Big Miss now in high school. Well, this year was different because of because of COVID, obviously. So. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mobile. I'm, I'm a, I'm active. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard for me to sit still. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah.
0: Kentucky is pulling away. What was it? 50 to 28 last time I looked, been kind of glancing and getting bits and pieces and.
1: Yeah, I got 52, 28 on my last little, last okay. little update here.
0: Um, all the, all the trying to COVID in 2020 trying to get a game with Brad and they thought they had it and then somebody for Detroit ends up getting it and, and they're not able to come down and play which would have been Friday. Brad coming back to Lexington and playing against Pops but Mike Davis from Detroit are not making their way to our home state. Oh, we getting now we're playing Detroit. Okay. Let's let's you know all these games
1: uh, are they going to get made up? Look. <laughs> John Calipari got to answer to Brad's mama, okay. So, whatever accommodations have to be made, if she got to go get a van and bring the Detroit team down herself, that game's getting played. And I look, I ain't mad about it. I, I know why they're playing the game in the first place. Yeah, that game's going to be played because Mama want to see her baby boy. I'm okay with that. Mamas and their baby
0: boy. Hey, I'm okay with that. We gonna make that work even if it's the first round of the tournament or whatever it's happening we, we got it. we got it we got
1: to we got to get them.
0: <laughs> oh man so yeah that's uh yeah fifty you're right um so the next game after this one and this is the bluegrass showcase is that what it's called that's the, the first ever and what we got I
1: don't even know, and you know, all these early games have all these kinds of things. I was going back, I was looking up something on BigBlueHistory.net, and some early game was a, it's always something, I never remember. I I wish I could be better about that, but when they're playing somebody in Rupp Arena, I don't even think of it as being one of those, one of those classics or something like that. Uh, Louisville had the Billy Minardi Classic when Patino was there for his uh, his brother-in-law that died in 9/11. Mm-hmm. But other than them saying it, I you know, Nothing And, and I yeah, you know, because it's it's still the same. I don't know if you saw uh, Bellarmine here in town. Uh, Scott Davenport's team is gonna their home games is gonna be at or home games are going to be at Freedom Hall. Okay. Uh, the Freedom Hall is being reused, and, uh, which I'm glad, mm-hmm. uh, because Freedom Hall is the site of a Final Four some some years ago, uh, fifty nine maybe. I'd have to check, but I, I'm glad that Freedom Hall is getting back uh, into use. So I thought that was a little, that was cool.
0: So they they're doing all of their games there, or just they going to bounce back and forth, or. Well, I think they announced it before all the COVID stuff,
1: that they were going to do that. So I don't know feasibility, how it's going to work getting back on, you know, getting or playing the games at a socially distanced Freedom Hall. You know, that, that's, that's, I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, they've got a new floor down there and everything. So and pretty, pretty exciting.
0: What have they been doing with Freedom House since young got built?
1: I mean, it gets used maybe for some concerts, but it, it's...
0: Okay. Um,
1: I it had, had concerts, uh, rodeos, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's used for the fair, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's where I used to go growing up. Everybody knows I was a Louisville fan growing up, and and going to Freedom Hall. And uh, look, I know rivalries and everything like that. But in the 1980s, there wasn't, there wasn't, there weren't. Me, man, my English is bad today. There weren't. I know Mama mama B is going to catch this and get me. But there weren't better rivalries than Louisville versus Memphis State. Mm That. That matchup during the regular season and during the Metro Conference Tournament was always heated, uh, just like Louisville-Cincinnati. But Louisville-Memphis State, and those teams were good. You know, don't forget that Memphis, although I think it's been vacated, they went to the 1984 Final Four with Keith Lee and Basketball Holmes and all those kinds of guys. So Memphis had a really good, a really good program, and that's back when Louisville was in that stretch of Final Fours and Championships. Those games were, they were, they were great. And what made it even better, you know, Mama B's from Memphis. She went to Memphis State and, and, and Papa B, you know, he's a Louisville guy. So that was about the only time we'd get a little friction in the house was Louisville Memphis State uh, would play. So, uh, yeah, those games were very intense. And uh, even though they, they got back into the, what was it, the Great Midwest for a year or two, or maybe the Conference USA, whatever it was, uh, those Metro Conference teams, uh, Southern Miss was great uh, mm-hmm. with Clarence Weatherspoon. Oh, yeah. uh, Tulane had a, had a, I can't think of his name, but they had a really good, really good. Metro Conference was fantastic. It was all uh, basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the whole thing. So,
0: and uh, so being from, a, you know, small town Eastern Kentucky, me and my sister used to just, just watch the games and just think that is, that come, you know, love Kentucky, love the SEC. It was like, that come to USA is just so cool because it's just all city schools. Like, yeah, Marquette and Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Louisville, Cincinnati, Memphis, Houston. Like, that is cool because we're, we're the type, you know, we, you know, I, we got to go different places. You know, we traveled as kids. It were not like, we, you know, you get never, ever left Harlan County. But we go to Atlanta to see family had family in Cleveland. So growing up, we always liked visiting cities, like, you know, oh, this is cool, because it was changed, it was different. So to see that conference would be all just big cities. We all, I always just we just thought that was the neatest thing. Memphis, Louisville, Cincinnati, camp. boy, that is that is cool how huh? that's just one conference and just cities cool. Well,
1: and and that's the thing people need to keep in mind. Uh, I, I've said from where Louisville was, in that Metro Conference to now be in the ACC, that blows my mind. <laughs> it, it, it really does. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the other state school or the other city schools in that conference, you know, Cincinnati is still what, AAC, Memphis is, what is Memphis in? I can't even they're, think they're, off the top,
0: man. I think they're AAC now. So AAC,
1: you know, for Louisville to make that leap mm-hmm. and leave those other city schools because Uh, a lot of people don't realize that Louisville was a city funded school into like the 70s you know UK of course has been UK forever and ever even Western and Eastern Northern Kentucky were state funded universities so a lot of those schools were just the responsibility of the cities Mm. and so as they try to ascend and and push up uh, you know as Kentucky kind of do, you want to keep, you know, you don't want Louisville being Louisville, you want Louisville to be down, you know. Tennessee wants Memphis to be down, you know. Ohio State wants Cincinnati to be to be down, you know. You don't you don't want them to be a big boy as well. And when you look at all this conference realignment uh, that happened a few years ago, probably longer than that now, but it wasn't as easy as saying, oh, you know, South Carolina makes sense to bring in, you know. You have to look at all these other state schools like Georgia, Georgia Tech, like, you know, the big state schools wanting to keep the other schools at bay. You know, Tennessee. We'll let Vanderbilt in because they're no threat to anything. But but Memphis, you know, maybe not football, but basketball, definitely. Memphis has been kind of the thorn in, in, in UT side. So for Louisville to make that leap, I mean, I give them kudos. You know, it go and I'm not talking about Tom Jurich and this is before that. This is the guys, I don't remember in the '80s that made the decision. This is where we want to go. Yeah. And 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 they did it. They off the back of men's basketball. You know. Now we've we we talked about women's basketball in Kentucky and Louisville, both top ten teams, both with uh, uh, preseason uh, All Americans. So mm-hmm. I give I give. Uh, I give Louisville all kinds of props because from what the university was growing up, what the sports programs were, man. It, it's not even night and day. It's like, it's not the same place. It is not the same place it was. So, And that's as much as I'm going to do
4: as much as
0: I'm going to do, <laughs> do nice to Louisville. You're your good deed for Louisville. And going back to Ohio, what's what is Cleveland doing? You got Cincinnati and Cincinnati and then Xavier's there to Ohio State and Columbus, you know, Akron and Toledo, and all that, they got their own thing going. But Cleveland, there's, you know, you talk about how Louisville did what it did. Where's the university in Cleveland? I mean, Cleveland State, but there ain't nothing yeah. happening in And Cleveland's a big city. You know, it gets dumped on by NBA guys because, you know, nobody wants to go there. But it's, it's a nice city. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, so but as far as the university doing anything there, a la Louisville esque, it ain't really happening, Cleveland.
1: And and that's weird because if you look at like Marquette in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. you look at DePaul, yeah, uh, and it, in, yeah. in in uh, in in Chicago, and even uh, St. Louis University. You know, you got well, although it's a private school, but you got St. Louis right there in the middle of. St. Louis. Yeah. And, and, and you would kind of think that those schools, at least for basketball, because I, I would say it's probably easier for basketball mm-hmm. to kind of make that jump than it is for football.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Because a lot of those schools, because L was independent in football forever mm-hmm. until Conference USA came. Like they were just an independent. They'd play, you know, back when that was a thing. So, uh, and what I think when you look at like the Big East right now, you look at the Atlantic 10, you've got a lot of smaller non-football schools that huddle together for their own, uh, for their own, uh, I don't want to say safety, but you've got to be with, with other institutions that make sense, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that are going to be, men's basketball is going to be the driving force. Yeah. We've got our academic standards. You know, we're not in direct competition with the SEC, right? Um, Because if you look, SEC, Vanderbilt has always been the outlier. It's, you know, the SEC is all the big schools in the South.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. University of Florida, of Alabama, of Mississippi, you know, and then you start throwing in Mississippi State, then you throw in uh, Auburn and that kind of thing. That's you know, that's why South Carolina really made sense when South Carolina joined, Arkansas as well. Those two made sense yeah. uh, to, to, to join when they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to move forward as a program, you've got to get with other universities that, that make sense, mm-hmm. you know, same way with the Big Ten, University of, you know, Indiana, of Michigan, you know, you got to have that
0: that that, that branding. And <clears throat> We talked about it, you know, all round of shots with Indiana. This is before they went to Ohio State, man. And they gave them a scare. But the bottom of the Big Ten is Michigan and winless Penn State. And for all of Kentucky struggles this year, you know, being disappointing and not playing out like everybody thought, and now COVID is really hitting right after you play Alabama and before you play Florida. Penn State just played Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl, and now they haven't won a game this year. They won a game.
1: Uh, yeah, backtrack a little bit to college football, uh, the, the Alabama game, I'm not going to read too much into it because uh, just like the Duke men's basketball game a couple years ago with Zion, all at, at some point you're up by 30, it's 50, okay, it doesn't, at some point, everybody's just trying to get out of there. So, I know the number looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen a game like that. But, uh, when you look at what we're asking these kids to do uh, on Kentucky's roster, everybody's playing in the middle of a pandemic, we get that. But to bury Coach Slarman, mm-hmm. and on the defensive side, uh, the Chris Oates situation, Mm -hmm. and then you're missing dudes not just you know and I'm not saying that Chris Rodriguez playing would have but I think if you get a first and goal or you know third and goal whatever and you got Chris Rodriguez I think that's an easier call than a quarterback draw like I think that gives you options right and like you and I talk about Kentucky scores on that one of those possessions and goes up like 10-7. Okay, Alabama's still going to win, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So you miss on those opportunities and game over. Um, so I'm not reading too much. In, Alabama's Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. The, the teams that are doing the best had the least amount of questions going in to the season because if you were searching for a quarterback and you can't do your regular drills you're behind the eight ball
4: mm-hmm.
1: like i think that's part of terry wilson's situation if you can't do your regular preparation for the season and then you don't get those two cupcake games right. you know you you're, you're you're right back from injury at auburn i think that's a challenge mm-hmm. um, now i've seen a lot of chatter talking about you know, Stoops and all this being um, inexcusable. You know, it's year eight. Um, My concern is this, Stoops has earned the right to fix this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because of all the stuff he's now checked off, that we can't say Kentucky hasn't won in place X since 19-whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those streaks going back to when you and I were born for 10 wins, and to when we were in grade school to win in Gainesville and Knoxville. Mm-hmm. So you can't just, he's got to go. Because my concern is this, if you say, we're not going to give Stoops a, a time to tweak this, what does that, who else is going to take the job? Like. They let that guy go and look what he did. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he gets five or six, eight years of what we're seeing. I'm not saying that. but what I'm saying is he should have the ability to fix this. Mm-hmm. Like with Coach Mitchell a couple years ago, the women's program dipped and they had seven, seven girls, I believe transfer out right or mm-hmm. leave the program, right? And he and Mitch Barnhart had a heart-to-heart. And said, "Hey, we can't do this." And then uh, Mitchell rolled up his sleeves, and now number eleven team in the country, number uh, one, arguably the best co- uh, women's college ball, women's college basketball player in the country. So yeah. I, I think you have to give him that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: because a lot of people say it was getting sketchy was before the first seven and five year when austin mcginnis hits the kick to beat mississippi state and and then they kind of finish that year strong and then you go seven and five and seven and five and and ten wins and and, you know it was it was ice was getting thin then but he had what five years you know win two win five you win five and then yeah he gets so i'm i'm I think he will get that time. So those people who are (laughs) wanting the change are just, you know, they just, they just want, you know, that's just being premature. And and they're not looking at the big picture, I don't think.
1: Yeah. And and he, and he's got to, uh, he's got to change with the times. Nick Mm -hmm. Saban, who is as old school as they come Mm -hmm. has said, look, the 20 to 16 games are gone. Like you're, you're, you know, we're not going to have that game. We had a few years ago, LSU-Alabama, that was 9-6 to six yeah. or whatever. Like, that's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So, Stoops has, has built a program. Now, okay, he's got to go in a different direction. Like, he can't play that conservative kind of game. It works if you got Benny Snell. Mm-hmm. You know, it works if you got <laughs> if you Bowdoin back there. Like, it works.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But – and then people – well – you know, the only reason his offense looked so good is because he had once-in-a-lifetime Benny Snell and then limbo Jr. And and here's my thing to that. Same thing people say about Cal. Well, who got him to campus? Right. You can't separate, well, he only looked good because of these guys. Well, how'd those guys get to Lexington? Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, those guys weren't household names before they got here. You know, if I got to remind folks, you know, Josh Allen, who was, was three in the draft, whatever, four, I can't remember now. Top 10, what I can't remember. Top 10,
0: uh, seven. seven, even it, though Ruger said he didn't have enough coaching, whatever.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was what, here in like some trade school, whatever, for his offer. So I'm going to let let Stoops fix it. This would be like saying after 2013 and looking at that saying, you know, Cal's got to go on the hot seat. Calm down, calm right. down. Yeah. Let's 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 figure this out. And you know, look, sixty-point losses—I'm not a fan of those. I thought we were past that. Yeah. Right. Okay. I thought we were past that kind of. You know, where you just you're watching me like, come on, get the running clock, whatever it is. Let's just get it. Yeah. Uh, but I think he should have the opportunity to to fix it. Now, conversely, you look at Michigan, you look at Penn State, Michigan, Harbaugh, who I, I love as a coach, boy, but it's now, it's now clear that, that he's not a long-term solution. His philosophy is not long-term, uh, because I can't remember who we had on, from the Bay Area, kind of break down uh, the friction between him and the front office in San Francisco. And you can only be rough and gruff if you win. And, and Michigan has not won to, to, to Lloyd Carr level. Not Bo Schimbackler. I'm talking about Lloyd Carr and, and you know, uh, and, and as you and I have talked about multiple times, even for Michigan football, it's just not inherent that you're going to be good. you can't take that kind of thing for granted Mm -hmm. Uh, because I remember Michigan being Michigan when we were growing up, you know, the Desmond Howards and Leroy Hordes and, you know, Michigan was a glamour uh, program Mm -hmm. but then it's like they've only got that one shared national championship in the last 50 years Yeah. Mm -hmm. so if you think that you are up here,
0: you got to deliver at some point. And they paying you to be up there. They they paying you to be to Ohio State. That's that's why they brought you in to go toe to toe with Urban, and you know that's that's the whole point. It was like, oh, now now we got somebody for y'all, all and, right. and we still waiting, right?
1: And and you know, and, and some people could say, well, what about Cal at Kentucky? I think that would be the equivalent if Cal had gotten all those recruits and we had a bunch of elite eights and no final fours that would be the equivalent Mm -hmm. you know you're seeing all these dudes and we'll talk about Bam and Fox getting paid but you got all these dudes making money but you can't get past elite eight that's that's what is going on in Michigan uh, with Harbaugh so they haven't even been to a Big Ten title game right I guess nope because they got to go through Ohio State. I believe that's how it shakes down. So, yeah. you know, and, and the same way with Texas is Texas back? That's when you know college football season has started because you get, is Texas back? Outside of Vince Young, Texas hasn't won since there are loyalists on the sideline. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and, and you can't hearken uh, back to those glory days with these kids. Mm-hmm. You, 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 can't do that. You know, somebody's favorite player is Steph Curry. And it just hit me. Steph Curry been in the league like seven years.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he's more than that. Anymore. Steph like 31 now. Yeah. So, so he's been, he been in for a minute, right? Yeah. So. Because he was beating Georgetown in Kansas in like 08. That was like the 08 tournament. When he went yeah, on that run with Davis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe so, you know puberty. Not even a- <laughs> <laughs> that's been a while. It's been over a decade. <laughs> he got three kids of his own now. Yeah. So you, you,
1: but but if you're if you're recruiting for Michigan, you can't sit down and talk about Desmond Howard. They'll be like, oh, the, the game day guy. Right.
4: Yeah.
1: Like
0: the Homer, the guy that won't pick against Michigan on game day. Guy. <laughs> you know. And, and we've got to get over this, you know, we got to get over this, 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 this mindset of
1: even your co-host on Believe Kentucky. The name Tony Delk doesn't mean anything to these kids. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we, you and I can sit down and be like, man, Tony could could kill. These kids don't know. No. That, that's that's the, the frustrating thing. Not frustrating, but it's it's cyclical, right? You know, this happens from year to year to year. You know, as each generation moves up, like, hey, that that dude was legit, because I remember when Malik Monk went on fire for that stretch in Kentucky, and I said he reminds me of Lawrence Moten in Syracuse, and somebody was like, "What are you, what are you talking about?" I'm like, okay, Lawrence Moten is the all-time leading scorer in Big East history, back before the Big East split up, so that's more points than Ewing, than Mullin then you name it in that's what I'm saying but the, you know th- but there's that there's that disconnect but Michigan can't talk about uh, all those guys they don't these kids don't know who Bo Buckler was mm. and at Texas you can't be talking about pretty much what Vince Young did that's almost 15 years ago mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's that there's that disconnect there, you know, talking about with Texas and Nebraska, Scott Frost, I'd be willing to bet most of his recruits don't even know he played football in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you can't sell Tommy Frazier? Like you can like you can't do that.
4: Yeah.
1: And, and a lot of Kentucky fans get upset cuz Cal I guess doesn't do, you know, does isn't always talking about those, that doesn't mean anything to these kids.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, they can come, oh, yeah, but but they can come and look at those banners. the the, the twenty twelve banner is ancient history. Of these high school kids. Mm-hmm. John when, Wall, John Wall is old now, man. exactly, and and <laughs> you and some of these players. They talk to you know your favorite player growing up, John Wall, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, don't talk about the players from my generation. We really be old. So, yeah. I mean, Tony was Tony was a freshman at Kentucky when I was a freshman in high school. And, you know, that's so that's why it means something to me. I'm like, he, right? This he was arguably the best player on the first Kentucky national championship team. I was old enough to remember watching because you know, '78, I was in my mama's arms. You know, I've seen my mom and dad's matching championship shirts. I seen the pictures, <laughs> with his little mutton chops, and you know, I seen the, I seen the, I seen the pictures. But '96 was the first one I'm old enough to remember watching, and him and you know, he was arguably the best player on the team, M.O.P. of the tournament. So I'm like, I'm doing a podcast with Tony. idea that because that's from my generation when I took the boys back when we were you know right for Cameron Mills and get to meet Cam and. You know Anthony Epps and Derrick Anderson and all that they were like cool meeting them but they were freaking out because they saw Dominique Hawkins because that's the dude they saw on TV they're like that's Dominique Hawkins oh my god and here we're sitting with Kenny Walker and Jack Givens and <laughs> Legends but yeah. it's Dominique Hawkins because they just watched him on TV three days ago playing a game <laughs> and, and, and,
1: and so if you're a name program no matter what the sport is, you can't depend on your history. The game has changed. Mm-hmm. The, the game was changed when ESPN, and actually I wrote a paper about this way back when, when I was in college. But when ESPN 2 came on, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter where you were in America, it's like every basketball team got one game on TV. Yeah. Your game was going to get on TV, And if you went to Moorhead or Murray and you could ball out, you could be a John Moran. Like your name was going to get out there. Whereas in the old days, you know, we don't know where these guys was coming from. Mm -hmm. So that changed the game. And with with football being what it is and, and, and men's basketball, even women's basketball to some extent, you can't just rely on that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Franklin is going to do at Penn State. The first 0-5 campaign ever. Like, I I, I I think maybe he gets a pass. I don't know his buyout situation, so I think maybe he gets a pass for this year because all it. But he's going to have to get 9 or 10 wins next year mm-hmm. to balance this out. You, you see,
0: Will Muschamp. South Carolina got him up out the paint. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's your girl coming on? Who's, what's, who
1: coming, on, who's, who's coming on? Kate, Kate is Wierzynski, and she writes for Garnet and Gold. Uh, she's going to help us preview the Cats and the Gamecocks next week. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to talk about that, uh, talk a little bit about Will Muschamp. And... Um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to that because she covers them for football and uh, you know baseball and all kinds of things like that. Uh, she's a South Carolina alum and she also writes writes for them. So uh, yeah, so we'll have that next week.
0: Yeah, they me rolling on Twitter. She is hilarious.
1: Oh yeah, she's always got something. She loves those Hallmark movies. That's always fun. But uh, I was going to segue into something else.
0: We got free agency. I don't know if he's going there. I like what the Lakers are doing.
1: You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of people, you know, what's Mark Gasol? Mark Gasol is going to let Anthony Davis play the four. Right. Yeah. He's going to let Anthony Davis play the four for the first three and a half quarters. And then when it's buckets time, he's going to sit down and AD is going to be AD. (laughs) So I like, I Mm -hmm. I love Harrell. He's the dude that's going to thrive. You don't need to run any plays for him. If he just defends and runs hard, LeBron will find you. Mm-hmm. So this is what the Lakers have done. The team they constructed, my concern was before COVID, if the regular season would burn them out. Mm-hmm. Because with LeBron and 80s usage and everything like that, right? particularly LeBron. Mm-hmm. so that, that stop and play I think helped save their legs that that team was built for the bubble mm-hmm. now I feel better even though they were the number one seed in the regular season I still had my concerns people can go back and listen to me I told you I had concerns yeah. about that like who the third player was going to be mm-hmm. turned out it was Rondo mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh I, I like I like what the what, what they've done. Uh, other moves, Gordon Hayward. Good money if you can get it. Thank you, Charlotte. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, Get I mean get your money. Look, I, I'm never one of these people. Uh, especially if especially if you're Gordon Hayward, right? Pretty good ball player, All Star caliber. Mm-hmm. But what what does it mean to his legacy if he doesn't reach a finals? Ain't nobody debating that, like LeBron and all these guys. So my thing is, get paid.
0: And he getting just as much after all these injuries, essentially just as much from Charlotte as he did to go to Boston when he left Utah when he was younger and healthier. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Charlotte felt he should have it, so okay. But I don't really understand it. I'm not hating on him. I understand. You are older now, and... We've seen your injuries and the mileage, and they still. Hey,
1: care. It's the money.
0: Okay, Gordon. I hey. ain't giving it back. No. I mean,
1: you know, I, I don't fault Carmelo. No. Well, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't want to be a champion. <laughs> Man, look, I, I just I hate the discussions that we have because we try to do this stuff in real time that we didn't used to do. Mm-hmm. And after every game, after every trade, after every draft, it's always legacy. Yeah. And it, it, it's ridiculous. It, I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter the other day. Uh, because Peyton Manning is on the list of, of people el- eligible for the Hall of Fame. Yes. And the, the tweet was, you know, like basically, who's better than who's better than Peyton Manning or whatever. And I'm like, Joe Montana Jr. Like, what happens is we forget about those guys from way back when. Mm-hmm. And partly because when you look at the quarterbacks, the numbers are ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. When you've got uh, – Oh, what's the dude in Miami with the beard? Uh, Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: That, that dude's thrown for 4,000 yards in the season, and Joe Montana did that maybe once or twice. <laughs> Joe Flacco's thrown for four or 5,000 yards in the season, and, you know, Marino didn't do it that often. The, the defenses are the same. My whole thing is, uh, Because people say, well, Joe Montana, well, he had Jerry Rice, blah, 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 blah. So I went on to ProFootballReference.com. I Googled the 1981 San Francisco 49er roster on offense. Okay. That was the year of the the catch to Dwight Clark. (sighs) But I say that there ain't another dude on offense that was even a Pro Bowl. Joe went to <laughs> Joe won a Super Bowl with Dwight Clark and some dudes. People forget Joe was two Super Bowls in before Jerry came on. Mm-hmm. So, so for some reason, people have built in this narrative that it was always Jerry that made it. Joe was doing it with dudes.
4: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, the all the defense had Ronnie Lott and, 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 and some other guys, but it wasn't always like that. Mm-hmm. So when you hear, well, look at Aaron Rodgers, and I challenge people look at the 1981 49ers roster and tell me how that team
0: could have won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, um, I'm just pain to the heart, but I see your point. <laughs> uh, that memory, I just, I'm still just watching <laughs> them jump over every walls. I just had to, <clears throat> but yes. Yeah, and he, well, Jerry didn't come to eighty-five, right? That's correct. Wow. They only they only won two Super Bowls
1: together. Mm-hmm. They, they won the back-to-back twenty-three and twenty-four together. Because mm-hmm. then Steve Young took over and they won Super Bowl twenty-nine. So they only won the two. Hmm. Mm. And, and and so exactly when you look at you know it's like oh that's right. So when I look at these quarterbacks today. And the offenses, you can't tell me Dan Marino couldn't pass for seven thousand yards <laughs> yeah. with with the with the
0: rules they got right now. For in favor of offense, yes.
1: You you and I could at right now could be in the slot. And <laughs> I could get five hundred yards with Dan Marino with this kind of thing, <laughs> with his release, yeah. his cannon of an arm, and his accuracy. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So. I, I get it. We wanted all these dudes now, all these dudes now. And I'm like, man, I, I understand. We look at the black and white footage. We look at all this stuff. and We don't think those dudes could ball, but those dudes could ball. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely. But looking at free agency, uh, back in the NBA, I know I went on a little segue there a little, a little bit, but uh, what are your Rockets going to do? Like for basketball reasons, James Harden does not need to be in Brooklyn. Now, for comedy reasons, absolutely. Harden and Kyrie back pound the ball in the deck while Kevin Durant, one of the most gifted offensive players of all time, stands there waving his arms. That,
0: that's not going to work for basketball reasons because neither one of them dudes is going to change. I was just glad to see, because I've been wondering... You know, and who knows if they keep harden, they keep rust or whatever. But I was just look. You need some bigs on the roster. I was just interested to see how they were going to go about doing that, and I was, I was happy to see Boogie be there to check that box because you know Tyson Chandler is older than you and me, and he didn't even play. <laughs> so I'm like we, even if you want to play small, fine it they made it work a little bit but had ability to play more than one way we saw your lakers just pounded into ad because pj tucker is is 6-5 trying to play center and that can only get you so far so i'm glad to see boogie come in that was and and, and it's been a minute since a former cat has even been on the rockets uh chuck hayes, chuck hayes? Yeah. yeah and look i'm i compartmentalize i can separate you know, your college, where you went, and if you what you do in the pros. Like, look, I couldn't stand Jason Witten at Tennessee. Loved him the 15 years he was in Dallas. <laughs> Francisco Garcia at Louisville. I didn't cheer for you, but he even played for the Rockets, and I cheer for him. Yeah. My friend Harold played for the Rockets. I've been rooting for some former cards, and Houston hadn't had a cat in forever. So I was happy to see Boogie be there. Just hope he's back finally healthy may never be the boogie that he was, you know, the 25-12 and 5 like he was, but just be healthy and play and, and do your thing out there. And I mean, I, I don't know what Silas's plan is offensively or the rest of the roster because they, you know, they don't really have any picks left because, you know, they, don't, they don't, <laughs> don't have a lot of flexibility <laughs> based on what Maury was doing and, and, you know, he was taking big swings. So, they they might not be as contenderish as I like, but I'm I'm glad to see Boogie, and I'm hoping things will go well for Silas.
1: Yeah, I, I think if you're the Rockets, you just got to Harden has got to figure this out
0: because the, they're not going to get anything back,
1: like what oh, they give up.
0: Are you no 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 way, ain't nobody. It,
1: trying. It, you know Brooklyn is not going to give up enough to get them like. You know, and, 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 and that's the thing. Uh, it's rare that you have a situation like uh, the Pelicans and Anthony Davis and the Lakers, where I actually think that the, the, the Pelicans end up with a pretty good core, you know, pretty good exchange, I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, Ingram, I just saw he inked a deal, they, he showed flashes. So if I'm whoever the new GM is, uh, there is in uh, Houston,
0: Raphael Stone, or something like that. James, we got to figure this out. <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I I don't know what it's, I don't I don't know what else to tell you. Mm. But we got to we got to we got to figure this out. What I hate is all these shows that talk about people's legacy in real time, and then get mad when people start ring chasing, when they start trying to make moves to get out of places because that's the narrative, right? It used to be. Valiant, if you stayed in one place and you fought and you fought and you fought, mm-hmm. and we as the public said to these guys, "Hey, you you, you did everything you could." Dan Marino, right? <laughs> he could have he I'm, I'm, you know, free agency was different back then, but he could have found a way.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we flipped it where it's like, okay, you reached this level. And if you don't get a championship, you're going to be reamed for it. You know, is Dan Marino any less of a player without a Super Bowl? No. Is Charles Barkley the most dominant interior player, six-foot-four player we have ever seen? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, for all the hate on Stockton Malone, to never have a losing season in 20 years together I didn't realize that until I watched one of those videos. I thought, oh yeah, you know, Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to win a championship, but so you can't put all the weight on the championships mm-hmm. and then when dudes act accordingly, rip them for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't be talking, you can't say, Kevin Durant's never going to win. He goes and wins. And let's be honest, he was the best player on the Warriors teams mm-hmm. uh, I listened to I think it was, it was Bomani Jones had on that Vinnie Goodwill they were talking about the NBA and I agree Kevin Durant was not a luxury for that 73 win team to get they had to get Kevin Durant like he, he, he wasn't just we'll just get him and, and no they needed him to beat LeBron Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. 73 and, and wins and all that kind of stuff, and you couldn't beat LeBron. Like, the most ridiculous NBA Finals MVP is Andre Iguodala. The dude that checked LeBron James, and LeBron averaged 35, 15, 10, and like four. Like, that, that's an MVP. <laughs> but, so they needed Kevin Durant to beat LeBron. So we keep saying, you got to have these championships. You got to have the chips. And then when dudes make these moves, you know, I think it frames the narrative. I think Giannis personally, and I don't know him, you know, I think he would love to stay in Milwaukee. Yeah. But he knows he's going to get burned if he stays and they don't win. Mm-hmm. And it's It's unfortunate. You cannot be upset at players for forming these super teams and doing these things, taking ownership, if you rip them if they don't win. Mm-hmm. Because the dudes that don't win that try to make it work in these places, you rip. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is that plain and that simple? So mm-hmm. a lot of duplicitousness. Yeah.
0: Sure is. Sure is. Um, I think... What's De'Aaron Fox you've been saying he needs to leave sack, and it don't look like it's going to happen he uh, <laughs> maxed out to stay
1: yeah you know uh, maybe they're telling them the right kinds of things but again uh, when you can get that kind of money get that money mm-hmm. because AD signed one of those contracts to and he, he, he got to lead right so <laughs> yeah uh, he, so you yeah so sign get that bread because even a few years down the road there's still going to be some flexibility yeah you know there's still some years even at 5 years down the road you're still going to be able to still be in your prime and still make some moves yeah. uh, so for the billions and dollars of former Kentucky players are signing mm-hmm. You got Bam, and you got Darren Fox, and and looking at the UK team after that North Carolina game, that Malik Monk went crazy. I thought that was the dude. I thought I thought he was Camp Mens. Yeah. I thought, but but Fox and Bam, two great guys. Uh, Bam showed he is that freak that is big enough to go inside he's the one dude that you can put on Giannis yes. and not have to shift the rest of your defense around mm-hmm. uh, and it's been like that like that didn't just happen in the bubble Mm-mm. like he's had Giannis's numbers the last couple of seasons Yeah, uh, and he gets some offensive uh, moves watch out mm-hmm. uh, I'll be the first to say Bam not being 100% absolutely affected the finals mm-hmm. I think I think the Lakers would still have won, but it probably goes a closer game six and into seven. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you've got uh, uh, Jimmy Butler playing at that high level, and then you throw in Bam doing Bam things, mm-hmm. okay, it, it gets a little dicey. So uh, definitely love to see love to see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that they just. You know, that's, and that's part of it, but you know, Drogic and Bam, and you know, they were underdogs anyway. And then all those guys were hurt right when the finals hit. It, it did uh, inhibit what they possibly could have done. But they still, they still gave it a go. Uh, but it would have been nice to see everybody healthy. And you know, the Lakers probably win anyway. But they might have got might have been a little more stressful of a series for you. <laughs> oh, I, I enjoyed Game Six. That was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been waiting ten years for that. So. Yeah, give
1: give give me one of those uh, lavers. Uh, I will definitely I will definitely take that.
0: Yeah, man we we uh made it work. We crammed in a bunch of stuff. Talked about the game as it was going on. Got the women covered.
1: Uh, Cat, cats win. Yeah, Bo- both both cats win.
0: Mhm. So fun start to the long weekend for everybody. Uh, if you' off tomorrow, as everybody will be, pop this in where you get your podcast and you know, play this at your convenience. Got another game Sunday for the men. It'll be the Richmond Spiders. Uh, their best player is out, but they're still supposed to be a good team in their league, and get to see what these young cats do again in game two yeah we'll be we'll be right back at it so enjoy it I just
1: looking at college football looking at the landscape uh, I know we have to get to a tournament mm-hmm. that that's that goes without saying but how we get from November 25th to <laughs> the, the road to the the road to the championship the road to the final four is they say on CBS I, I don't know it's still paving it yeah it, it's <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't know how we. I don't know how we get there, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, not easily. So,
0: mm-hmm. well, we appreciate everybody. Appreciate you uh, getting set up real quick on the fly and uh, yeah, check you out on all the other shows you own. Like say round the shots, man. You 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 just a part of the panel now, man. When you Monday, do you think? Oh
1: yeah, Kevin, Kevin reaches out to me. I come on that second segment with uh, Justin Jeffries and uh, uh, Max Godby and, uh, and and drop some knowledge. So that's always that's always real
0: fun. Yeah, yeah. So check that out, y'all. Check us out, and we'll be back next Wednesday doing it, covering whatever happens between now and then. We appreciate everybody tuning in. See you next. Absolutely.
1: They,
4: Have they a see, good
0: one. Come
1: on, BB. Said hey, bro. Oh, hey, we, hey, hey, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. we gonna be, uh, Mom B, gonna be putting her foot in it. She already got everything going,
0: pots and pans, so it's gonna be a good one. There you go. Can't beat that, man. I'll take care everybody. All right, bye. See you, man.